let us be attentive. Brethren, the first covenant had regulations for worship in an earthly sanctuary. For a tent was prepared, the outer one, in which were the lampstand and the table and the bread of the presence. It is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain stood a tent called the holy of holies, having the golden altar of incense and the ark of the covenant covered on all sides with gold, which contained a golden urn holding the manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. Above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in detail. These preparations having thus been made, the priests go continually into the outer tent performing their ritual duties. But into the second only the high priest goes, and he but once a year, and not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the heirs of the people. Peace be to you, the reader. Hear the Holy Gospel, peace be to all. And to your spirit. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Let us be attentive. Glory to you, Lord, glory to you. At that time as Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home in terrible distress. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion answered him, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to one go, and he goes, and to other come, and he comes. And to my slave do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard him, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and sit at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while their sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. There men will weep and gnash their teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go be it done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Glory to you, Lord. 
Christ is in our midst. When I was in middle school, my family had the bright idea to have an exchange student. So we had an exchange student. He came from Russia. His name was Sergei. And we had him for the entire year. And at some point in that, the course of that year, my parents thought, well, he's Russian. We should bring him to his church. So we drove from Modesto over to San Francisco to the beautiful cathedral on Geary Street. And we brought him to his church. And that was our first introduction to orthodoxy. And there inside that church was the incorrupt body of this holy man. At that time, he was just known as Archbishop John, who wasn't yet canonized. But from that point forward, St. John, whom we commemorate this day, has been a close part of my family's life in journey into orthodoxy. Today is the day we celebrate his repose 51 years ago. Just 51 years ago. It's not that long of a time. And... St. John was a man of great holiness, great ascetic, a very uh, austere ascetical life that he led. But we know of many miracles that were performed both in his life and also since his repose. And we might think to ourselves, how does he do this? How did he do this? And really, one of the keys to his life and to many of our saints' lives is obedience to God's will. Obedience to God's will. All of the the grace that shone forth from him, this beacon of light that he showed in America, in Asia, in Europe, this was because he submitted himself to God's will. In the Gospel today, we hear about another kind of man who knows a whole lot about obedience. He's a centurion. He's a Roman soldier. And so his entire life is a life of obedience. And of some of you here in the congregation who have been in the military, you know what that's like, right? There's a person above you, there are people below you, and that's what it is. And so he came to Christ and he said, and he asks for the healing of his servant. And Jesus said, let's go and heal him. Of course, Christ knew what his response would be. And so he says, it's okay. Just say the word and he'll be healed. I'm a man under authority. I have people below me. I tell them what to do. They do it. So just say and do it. Of course, this showed his immense faith because what was he actually saying? That this man before him was Christ, was the Son of God, was the one who had control over all things, could do all things, and so all he needed to do was say the word. He got it. He understood obedience. So how do we understand obedience? Because, of course, as Christians, we all think it's good to be obedient to God's will, right? We think that that's a good thing, but how do we do it? How do we follow God's will? How do we find God's will? Because there are other Christians out there who would say, well, God's will is God's voice speaking to me in my head, telling me what to do when I do that. But in our faith, it's not, it's not simply that. Because, in fact, following God's will is quite difficult. And if we're not sure about that, St. Peter, or St. Paul rather, forgive me, says, says this in his epistle to the Romans. He says, What I'm doing I don't understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Does that sound familiar to any of us? This is St. Paul saying this. It's very difficult to find that obedience to follow God's will. 
But we do have an answer, of course. And the answer is within the life of the church. Our entire life in the church is a life of obedience. To what? As the Bible says, to the commandments of God. Because our Lord did say something in the Gospel of John. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And when you hear that, you might think, well, what, how are those two things related? Yeah, I can love God. But then following His commandments, how does that follow? Because we have those two things so disconnected. But if we want to follow the life of Christ, it means that we conform our will, that we break down our fallen human will and re-sculpt it into the image and likeness of God. And that takes work. It's like raising children. A long time. Little steps along the way. We're not going to have these big leaps and bounds and glorious revelations from God. But fortunately, and thank God, we here have the life of the church. Because the life of the church is really a vast toolbox of things we can use to submit our will to God's will. So when the church gives us seasons of fasting, we fast to the best of our ability. When the church shows us what it means to pray, we form a prayer rule and we follow that. When, the church, when we encounter people who are in need, spiritual, emotional, financial need, the church teaches us to help them. When we have these great celebrations of saints, like St. Saint John Maximovich, and sometimes those celebrations of saints don't fall on a Sunday. We go and we celebrate. We go to the services of the church when they're presented to us. All of these things are ways in which we are obedient to the life of the church. And that obedience to the life of the church gives us the spiritual fruits that we see most manifest in the saints, like St. John. Where we see this grace pouring forth from him. All of these amazing things that happen in his life as a result of his obedience to the life of the church, which is obedience to God himself. We see this, of course, most notably in the mother of God. Remember when that archangel Gabriel came to her, she said, May it be done according to your word. She said, God, basically, God, do it. I give everything, I give all of myself to you. Do as you will. And we also celebrate her today. And what are we celebrating? Her robe. Because she was so holy, because she was so close to God, that even her garments pour forth all of these miracles, countless miracles, with the robe of the Theotokos. But that's not what I do. I don't say, may it be done according to your word, Lord. Instead, I pick and choose what I want to be obedient to. I'll take some of this. I'll do a little bit of that. Maybe some of this, but not that over there. I don't really... That's too hard. But this over here, I don't really like it, so I'm not going to. God offers us complete and utter healing. Total transformation. And instead, what do I do? I say, I'll just take part of that. Part of the healing. And so I continue to be sick and sick and sick. Does this sound familiar? Perhaps. May we learn to be obedient to God's will. Because the answer to that is not some sort of vague, nebulous thing. How are we obedient to God's will? What is God's will in my life? It's very straightforward. Follow the commandments. Do as God has revealed to us in this church. And we have the tools here for complete healing. May we seek that. May we grow in that. And may we too be vessels of God's grace. Amen.